0: Yeah beautiful I'm really excited about this guys because we've got Yanni here to uh, share her story which is really interesting it's one that really caught my eye actually Yanni it's um one because I think a lot of people are moving away from uh, pharmaceuticals and they're looking for alternative practices and they're looking for alternative ways so when I read your story I was just like oh well we have to get you on the podcast so Hello and welcome. Thank you for being here with us. I appreciate you giving up your energy to be here. So, where we usually begin is really just like asking you who you are and and what you do, what you're here to serve the world with.
1: Well, thanks. First of all, I'm really excited to be here. So, thank you for having me. It's deeply appreciated. Um, So, for me, I guess what I am is a human, just like anybody else. So, I have Things that I've learned and titles so people can find me, I guess, as you could say. So um, I think what I ended up cho- choosing was because it was vague enough was an intuitive coach, mostly because people don't always know what it is that they need. And sometimes they need somebody to explore with. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where I look at that role as somebody who can explore with others. And I'm also a shamanic practitioner. And that one is probably one that speaks deeper to me just because I'm an animist. And so walking around in this world in connection, um, learning shamanic techniques has really helped me in my spiritual life, I would say given me a foundation in which, you know, we talked about the spirit team, you know, those people, the guides that you call on and learning to develop a relationship with them. And these things were so important because ultimately they really helped me on my path when I was struggling. So I have fibromyalgia. Um, I'm also, you know, I was a, a late diagnosed ADHR. Um, And so, you know, my brain didn't develop correctly. Um, mostly because, you know, I had to move through a lot of childhood trauma, um, didn't know a safe space um, in my youth, and it was a struggle. And so, you know, I found as I moved through life, I was always trying to power through everything and, you know, just, you know, make it the next step. It was all about survival and You know, I did a lot of talk therapy and I'm all for, I'm definitely not against modern medicine. Talk therapy absolutely has its place. I believe modern medicine has its place. A lot of miracles can be performed through modern medicine. But what I found is that, you know, when I got diagnosed with fibro, there wasn't a lot of answers for me the Mm. medical system didn't have they didn't know half of them thought that it was you know something that was in somebody's head the other half was just like well you're just going to have to take this medicine for the rest of your life we're not really sure what's going on or why and they've done a lot of new studies that have come out and you know they're understanding more and more but that's the thing is we've given up a lot of the control over our health, our body, you know, our mindsets to external forces, like here, you fix it, you do it, you make it all better. And that's just not the way of things like, they can only do so much. And I think that's really where, you know, I feel like I'm just help here to help people be able to explore that, like, be able to really take back I know it sounds so cheesy, take back your power, but you know, in many ways, like your own autonomy, like we have so many skills to be able to take care of ourselves that we've lost mm-hmm. through convenience, because it's just so much easier to do, take a pill or do all of these things. And it is, but it doesn't actually ever fix the problem. It just helps us bear it, it just helps us bear the weight. And eventually when you keep piling that up on yourself, you just can't bear the weight anymore. You can't power your way through. You can't think your way through it. And you have to find new ways to move through it. And I think that's probably really where I I don't know. I just feel like I want to be able to help people move through it. I don't want to have a program that costs thousands of dollars or honestly even hundreds of dollars to have to help people because. My ideal clients aren't the people that can afford that at the end Mm -hmm. of the day. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I want to help people that don't necessarily have the means to say, you know what, you can heal yourself and here's how you can do it with the people around you um, with support, without support. It just depends on what your situation is and Mm -hmm. what you're capable of doing and, and finding a sense of safety within yourself so that you
0: can explore. Mm -hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. Um, I think we've all been brought into this lifetime to service people on such a on such different levels, right? So I think the the fact that you've found your home and who you wanna help and the level they're at and where they're at in their journeys, I think is absolutely perfect because I think a lot of times people struggle to do that nowadays. You know, I think people are following everybody else and expecting that you've got to create a 10,000 a month course, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong about that because they're mm-hmm. in a different level, but it's so beautiful that you have seem to have so beautifully aligned into what you're meant to be doing, which is the main thing, you know, that's what we're here to do, to align into where we're we, um, coming in. So with your Fibro, um, diagnosis. How how did that come about, or how we did you become aware of that?
1: So that got tripped up. So I have had a lot of medical issues. So pain is something that has been present in my life in some form or another. No matter how Mm. hard I try to get away from it, it just continues to come back stronger than ever. So fibro came about because I have uh, endometriosis and adenomyosis. And so Mm -hmm. that is, you know, with the the uterus and the surrounding area, Um, I had a lot of trouble with that. And so for years I battled with that and it got to the point, um, I don't know, probably about 12 years in where half of my month was spent in pain. And so I was like, you know what? I can't do this anymore. We're just going to go and take it all out. And so I did that. And when I got out of the surgery, it was, you know, it's a bit to recover from a surgery like that. And my body didn't feel right. I was achy all over the place. They kept on telling me, oh, well, you know, you're just, you're just recovering. You'll be fine. And months went by. Um, I remember I was going to have a trip to go um, to Houston for work and I couldn't get on the plane. I got the flu and it was a really bad flu to where I was just curled up in a ball. And after that, my body was never the same again. I always feel like I have the flu. It's just on what level am I at the flu? Am I in the curl the ball, you know, flu, or am I just feeling that achiness type of flu? And so I was really angry about it. I was, it was, you know, I wasn't expecting to have, you know, to deal with daily pain until I was, you know, maybe in my seventies or eighties. And I was, you know, I wasn't even 40 yet when it happened. And I was like, you know, how am I supposed to look at the rest of my life dealing with this? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, we don't, we don't know what we're going to do to our bodies when we go through these types of surgeries, you know, they're traumatic on the body and you don't, the body responds to trauma in very different ways. And so my body just could not handle it anymore. And when I went through this and then immediately got the flu on top of it, it just triggered a flare up in my body that I've had to manage. And so I've had flare ups and stuff like that ever since. And you know, I took a couple of years to be like really angry about it. I was on some pretty heavy medication that honestly, I don't know how it was walking around in the world, like completely like we, they would laugh and they would call, they say like, I'd have an alternate personality because I was a very different person. I was very unsure of myself, very unsteady walking around in the world like that. And I remember that when COVID happened, people were talking about how people weren't going to be able to get their medications, you know, there could be delays and the medication that I was on was I was on such a high dose. It was so heavy that it was not something you could just quit. It wasn't something that you could just miss. It had like I would miss a dose in the day and it would take me down. Like I couldn't think I couldn't manage. And so it really, made me think about what was I doing with my life. And so I had always planned that when I retired, I was going to be an herbalist, but I hadn't done any of the training to do that. And my grandmother was a curandera and my great-grandmother were good de- was a curandera. And those are traditional Mexican healers. And so they work with herbs extensively. So I was around in my childhood and I did a lot of aromatherapy when my kids were younger, um, but I actually went back to school. And I've spent, wow. I don't know, over 800 hours now learning about herbs and how they affect the body and how to make medicines with them. And that's really what started me taking back a lot of, you know, the power from the pharmaceuticals of here, you just fix it to I need to find a different way to manage my body. And it really started with, I had to learn what who my body was and what language it was speaking and how it was trying to talk to me. You hear people talk about all the time about just listen to your body, just trust your body. And for me, somebody coming from, you know, an abusive childhood, I don't know, didn't know how to do those things. So I really had to start off with what does my energy feel like, you know, and I use a lot of Reiki to learn how to, you know, feel my own energy, using that to really help work on my own pain and stuff like that. And learning techniques to ground myself, to clear that energy, you know, all of those things. That was probably the first step. And then it was, you know, moving my body and listening to the signs that it would give me when I moved it. And then it was diet and how does my body respond to certain foods? And it's been a process. It took almost two years to get off of my pharmaceuticals, Um, but I did um mm. it was a slow process and I think that's you know that's definitely something that you know I want people to know they don't give us a roadmap when they give us mm. a pill on this is how you you can get off of it it's just you're going to take this and it's just assume that you're going to do it for the rest of your life and I don't really get mad at the medical system for that like that's what they know that's what they've been trained on like that's their dream and they don't spend a lot of time because a lot of people don't necessarily want to do the work sometimes. Mm -hmm. And so they can spend, you know, you know, how much time do they have to spend to convince somebody to do something a different way when some people just want the easy way to go about it. And there's nothing wrong with that. Sometimes that's all you can do to survive and that's okay. But there's I think that's what I want to be able to show people is you can still be doing it that way and learn other ways to start building reserves so that if you want to make the change, you have the ability to start making those incremental changes. And before you know it, two years is nothing. And, you know, you could
0: be in a completely different state of being. It's so true. And I, I talk about that a lot as well in my work, that it's just about taking that next step. I think as humans, because we're programmed to always be busy and have jobs and especially women, you know, be the caremaker, um, caretakers of every single being in our world, right? Moms, yeah. um, you know, the house, um, as well as earn money. You know, we're, we've got a lot of pressure on our shoulders that oftentimes it can feel overwhelming when you meet someone who, you know, like you have spent two years and that sounds like a lot of time, but the time passes anyway, right? And wouldn't you rather take little steps to feeling better? And I'm sure like any journey, you know, I think when you're on social media, everyone says the journey's like straight up, but it isn't, is it? It's kind of like... (laughs) It's kind of like a dance with your life. I love how that you've combined... Uh, body consciousness and somatic processes, and listening to your body and taking those steps because that is just so beautiful. And doing the work yourself, you know, you are a true real life example of a successful being coming away from the pharmaceuticals. So, I just want to celebrate you in that because I think sometimes when we achieve our own results, we don't give ourselves enough congratulations and credit, right? We just say, Well, you know, this is what happened, and I got off my meds, but you know there'll be so many people that'll be inspired by your story that you stick with it and you found a way out and then not only that you're now showing this amazing way to other people so I mean what would you say would be like for you I know we're all different you know we're all different beings so you cannot say to someone right you just need to do these three things and then you'll be fine because i mean wouldn't that be beautiful if we could just wave a magic wand and just say you know what i'm gonna get rid of your fibro but is there anything that sticks out to you that really really helped you with um your fibro especially because i feel like my team are asking me to tune in on on your fibro for some reason i think it's gonna be people who find it useful absolutely so i did i think
1: a couple of things that i really found useful um, that were really helpful for me is that a i got into the herbal world and really understanding and i focus a lot on nerve and nerve are all about helping us nourish our nervous systems and i think in the world that we live in today that's huge like understanding mm-hmm. your nervous system understanding what kind of body you have when you're working with herbs because that plays a lot into the herbs that you use so What is your constitution? Like, I am typically a cold and dry person. Like, you know, I'm always one that needs a sweater. My hands are always cold. Um, You know, I know that that's part of my body type. I know that, you know, I, I struggle with dryness. You know, I have that chronically dry, like throat in the back. And so really, you know, that's part of learning our body is, you know, understanding, you know, what is it like? And then the herbs really helped in terms of helping me nourish the nervous system. So things like, you know, rose, rose is a beautiful, beautiful herb for the heart and the nervous system, actually. And it can like really help build some protection around us. It's also one of those herbs that is relatively available today. I love to pair it with something called Tulsi, which is that holy basil. And most people can find that in most drugstores these days. If you go to like the the health food section, they'll usually have like a a Tulsi and rose kind of blend. And so those are really two beautiful nervines. And so I focus a lot on nervines um, with people. But before we get to herbs, really the things that I'm looking at when you know, before we get there are things like, how does your body respond to certain foods? Like, this is always such a t- touchy subject. And mm-hmm. I'm dealing with yeah. it right now with my youngest, and it, I got frustrated with it too. And I think what I ended up doing and what that really helped me is the fact that it wasn't about the fact that I had to give up anything, honestly. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about learning to give up any foods. It was a learning to do, to understand how foods affected my body. and the best way I did that was, and I've tried so many ways throughout my years, was to do an elimination diet. And Mm. even if it's just for two weeks to understand, you know, how do these things affect my body? Because like, I learned that I have zero tolerance for dairy. And to be honest, I always knew that I just ignored it. As a child, I couldn't handle dairy, I would get sick. And Mm. yet I conditioned my body my whole life to deal with dairy. And I had a lot of issues that came along with just, just dealing with the uncomfortableness that I would get from it. And so what I learned though is the more stuff that I put in my body that it doesn't like, the less stress it's able to handle. And then I would get these flare ups because of it. Because my body's like, sorry, you're overloading me and now I'm just going to act crazy and you're going to have to deal with some pain or you're not going to be able to think straight now. Sorry, that's, you can have what you want, but now you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And so yeah. <laughs> when I'm not feeling good, that's one of the first things that I start cutting out. I start mm. making sure that my gluten's out, but you know, I don't, I pretty much stay away from dairy, but I miss it. You know, I miss I all of these yes. things, ice but cream. you know, ice cream, I right? miss So they've made some great oat alternatives Mm -hmm. for ice cream and so Mm -hmm. I feel like you know in this day and age there's it's so much easier than it used to be, Mm -hmm. Um, but there's still things that you're gonna miss and it's okay. And it's okay to be sad about it. It's okay to, you know, sometimes be like, oh, this sucks, because sometimes it does suck. Mm. And, you know, I think moving through that, so it was definitely the nutrition and understanding so that I could have the power to affect how my body was going to feel on any given yeah. day. Yeah.
0: Um I think that's an important point, isn't it? It's, it's about is. an individual feeling and also a moral choice as well, because I know there's a lot of, chewing and fro about things like dairy about meat you know about organic versus non-organic and I personally feel like there's no right or wrong answer <laughs> it's, it's what's, what's good right for your body yeah. yeah and what you want to do what you think you want Absolutely. to do know your belief system it's it's a personal it's choice true. isn't it
1: it is because food is emotional. Let's be honest. Like, we have these connections to it. And of all of the things, like, I'm not perfect. Like, I have to, I'll go off the rails and my body will start responding in ways that I don't like. And I'm like, okay, I've got to pull back. I'm going, you know, a little too far this way. Because for me, it's about being on that center path. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to be 100% that way or 100% that way. I just want to be in the middle and be able to live a life that. I can cultivate joy and it's going to have more good moments than bad because it's no, there's no perfection. Like that's a mess.
0: Yeah. Good, no, I th- And I think, um, well, fortunately, there's a lot of people who are striving for, for, for perfection and, and, and having their own rules. And like, I think when you start giving yourself rules or expecting that you've got to be a hundred percent all the time, that's when it, when it leads to burnout. Right. And you see a lot of coaches and I don't, I don't really align with being a coach myself, but I guess that's the easiest way of, of explaining sometimes what I do, like you said at the beginning. Yeah. But there's a lot of women that are leading themselves to burnout because they're striving for perfection and they're striving for like a billion-dollar business. And I just think, why? Like, why, why do you feel like you're not enough right now? <laughs> that's what I would like to implant in people's minds. What's going on in your life that you feel like you need to do that? Because what you've got right now isn't enough.
1: It's true. And I think not only does that burnout come, but feelings and emotions like shame and Mm. disappointment in yourself. Like it really affects how you look at yourself, um, Mm. how you feel about yourself. And that has these trickle down effects that that actually leads us to do things that aren't good for our body because we just need some sort of outlet and some way to express and when we're not conscious sometimes we don't choose the best things for ourselves to be able to express and to move through those emotions
0: yeah no I know when I'm feeling like I'm slightly tipping into sabotage mode or I'm slightly feeling tired I really want carbs I'm like I don't care what form you know cakes Biscuits, potatoes. I just want Mm -hmm. to fill my body full of that food that for me as a child was very, very comforting. Yeah, I know that if I ate too much of that, then my body would say, No, no way. It's not good. But yeah, I'm like you with my diet. I am, I'm so not perfect. And my team are always telling me, Right, you need to, you need to move some things. And I'm like, Yeah, I will, but I've already made all these changes. So for me, it's all about tiny steps and just taking the next step and just not putting too much pressure on myself because the most important thing for me always is feeling good. If I, you know, like you say, being in that middle, you're just like, I'm not being stretched that way. I'm not being stretched that way. I'm just, you know, it just feels good here.
1: (laughs) Well, it does. And I will say too, like people don't talk enough about the power of those tiny steps because I will tell you, having made tried to make changes before trying to do these hard, like, this is what I've got to do. And I've got to be perfect all the time. What I found is that when I would fall and take step backs, they'd end up being these huge leaps backs, Mm -hmm. because I would be so burnt out on having to be perfect all the time, that when I wasn't, I would just completely go off the rails. Whereas because they're tinier steps, that when I step back, I'm only taking like a step back. So I'm not like making doing these huge things that end up being horrible for me anymore because i'm not in that position where i feel like i'm about to break because i just can't do it anymore
0: yeah that is so profound as well isn't it i think in our kind of society generally people really want things fast and quick <laughs> they, they if they can't see the results like instantly they kind of give up or they compare themselves against someone else who's got a better result but you know, in 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 truth, a lot of people on social media tend to just show their good side. You know, and so comparing yourself on someone you don't know, who's just sharing the the good bits, is is not always the way to go. I always say, don't don't, don't compare ever to anybody. You know, it's your you're it's your not like anybody.
1: Yeah, no. you're not like anybody <laughs> else. So you should celebrate your your individuality there as part of the whole. Because I truly believe that. We're all different in ways that really support the whole of all of us. You know, mm-hmm. there's something that each of us truly can bring to the table to teach other people. You know, mm-hmm. I think that's why, you know, I really feel you when you talk about, you know, the coach, like, I'm not special. Like, I, I look at myself and I'm like, if I can do it, everybody can do it. Like, there is nothing special about me. Like, we are all special in our own ways. And I've raised my kids that way. You know, I think that they're special, but you're just like everybody else. You have the same capabilities. You know, we all start from different spots is, you know, I think the biggest thing. We don't all have access to the same support systems and networks. And that's a shame because as a society and as social beings, we should be more invested in making sure that we all do have that same access and that same type of support because we truly need it to be able to develop. Um, And not having that as a child, you know, definitely impacted, um, you know, the way I think and the way that I am, but I definitely haven't let it limit me. Um, I've used those types of things to create the life that I wanted and, and to create my purpose. And that's another thing that, you know, I think was a huge myth that I had to move through is because I dealt with so much pain and because of the things that I went through as a child, I was constantly looking for what is the purpose of this? Why, you know, look at the why. And it took me a long time for me to realize that I needed to create the why. I needed to create, what was my purpose? What was it that I wanted to be able to do? Who was I? Um, Outside of what society said, outside of what I was raised to be, outside of the opinions and thoughts of other people that I had incorporated into my own thoughts of myself. Um, Really pulling those things apart was huge you know that I'm huge on self-examination you know self-exploration you know self-experimentation and all of those things lead to your self-expression and how you want to go about
0: in the world oh yeah totally like I always say to go on this spiritual journey you have to unlearn everything that you know about yourself yeah <laughs> everything that anyone's ever told you uh almost about anything Um, it's like peeling those layers of an onion back isn't it that eventually everything will start making sense and then it probably won't and then you just hold everything lightly because nothing makes sense
1: (laughs) yeah it's true I mean well everything is everything is one of the the comments or the phrases that we have in our home because it's all connected but yeah we don't actually know sometimes how we've all of a sudden, do we even believe in this, like this, this concept or our, our idea, I love the four agreements. Um, that was one of the big ones in the beginning that really kind of helped me kind of step outside of myself and start questioning, you know, do I actually believe this about myself? Um, or, you know, it's just just something that I've picked up because this is what people believe. And I think that is such a powerful thing to be able to, to do those types of things and walk through like you said, your spiritual journey is is about examining. You know, how do you want to go about in this world? What kind of being do you want to be? And I don't know. For me too, because I work in a lot of, you know, do a lot of like death work and death contemplation and and working with people, you know, who are dying. It's even more important to understand. Of because I kind of feel like it sets up that next phase of as you go through this world, you know, understanding that the time is, you know, limited and it's even more important to have awareness of what you're doing, I suppose, than just to be going through life and, you know, get to the end of it and be like, oh, like I didn't realize. And, you know, you see that a lot sometimes of people who, you know, get to the end and there's so much that they wanted to do or they had these big plans that they never got to accomplish and when I lost my sister in 2020 I think for me that's definitely something that came to the forefront of we in our lives go through these constant death and rebirth life cycles you know this cycle of this is who we are and then we go down this path learning about ourselves and we find that there's pieces of ourselves that we need to let go they're no longer serving us. They did, but their presence actually is going to cause us more harm than help because they're trying to protect us in a way that's keeping us from growing mm-hmm. um, and really being able to honor them for, for what they did because they protected us. They're part of the reason why we got here. And even though what they're, what's happening doesn't serve us anymore, it's still something that you know I'm thankful for because it helped get me here. And there, I did a lot of that because as, as a child, there was a lot of protective pieces that, you know, protected me and kept me in, but it also built these huge walls up that it kept me from being able to engage with other people to really open myself up, to let myself feel loved. Um, it wasn't even just, you know, am I worthy of love? I was so scared to be loved and what that would mean in terms of vulnerability. And so really being able to, to let those pieces go and to be able to, welcome the next iteration of yourself. And that isn't just a one-time thing. We're doing that constantly through our lifetime. And I think that's exciting, honestly.
0: Yeah, I always say that. I always find it exciting that there's no end to this work. Uh, I find it really empowering as well because I don't really resonate myself personally with the terms like enlightened or awakened because it, for me, feels like there's some kind of separation or there's some kind of end Uh, goal but actually there is no end to the work and so Mm -hmm. that will put a lot of people off I'm sure but for (laughs) me I just think that's amazing because I've got nothing to achieve really I can just take it step by step and my bigger mission is something that I've got from now until eternity you know if you if you um believe in like you know rebirth and stuff I do and and so I'm in no rush (laughs) so it can slow down (laughs) And it gives me space just to yes. enjoy, you know, and enjoy the moment. And I think, I think that's what a lot of people are missing in the world. Like you said, most people are well. You said are being on autopilot, you know, moving mm-hmm. through and not having a conscious awareness of is this thing for me. I think, unfortunately, yeah. a lot of people are um, in jobs, for example, they don't like, or in relationships they don't like, or. Yeah, have friendships they don't like or have family members that they don't like yet they still tolerate <laughs> so um it, it, it's painful to watch at times um people going through their, those motions and it um, is. you know it, it's it's part of their own journey isn't it to realize that and to take action on that <laughs>
1: true and i like that we talk about it as a journey because that's what life is and i look at it as this life is just so small in comparison to what my timeline is i guess is the best way to explain it and This, you know, it is don't know, I find it exciting that it's a journey, you know, because it means you get to explore, you get to explore different thoughts, you get to explore different sensations, you know, different ideas, like all of those things are exciting to me, because it gives you so much choice. And I get that that can be overwhelming for people, but it also means that you can try new things, try it on, how does it fit? Do you shape, you know, does it feel nice and silky? Well, maybe that one's for you. And so I love that idea of the journey. And that's one of the big things of when I, when I talk to people about it, it's the best way to explain it because even, you know, when you're talking about death, you know, I recently was telling a client, we were talking about, you know, that, and I was like, you know, on this next phase of your journey, nobody can go with you. Mm -hmm. And but it too is a journey. We don't know where it is, what, what's next, like, because we haven't been there yet, but Mm -hmm. it too is a journey, just like our life has been a journey when we've had to leave home and all the people that, you know, we know and love so that we can go and, and find ourselves. It's no different every time that we turn and do this. And I think, I want people to know that they can do that multiple times in their life. It's not just like you grow up during your twenties and that's a time. And then you go through some midlife crisis and that's a time. No, at every moment we have the opportunity to go, you know what? I think want to do it a little different. And it is scary. Like I did it. I was in a job for, Oh, eighteen something years. and it had gotten to the point that it was really toxic. It was very difficult to be in that environment. and it was a really scary thing to quit. I had basically grown up in this corporation. Um, it had really helped me understand more about myself on a different level. I didn't want to leave. I was leaving security and all of those things, and I did it anyways. And I spent a couple of years really being able to, work on myself and not everybody has the access to do that. I feel very privileged, but like, I took out everything I owned to do it. Like, and I did something that most people would do at retirement. I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna make it ret- retirement. I'm not going to wait, Like I'm going to do it now. And so when I have, and so now I've turned around and I'm back in like corporate America again, I'm do this as well, but I'm doing it because corporate America is also like my demographic. Like I don't know people who need more nourishment on their nervous system than people in corporate America. And so I'm like, that's, that's, I'm I'm going in there because I'm going to bring my work with me and I'm going to, you know, find the people that do need that help in there. And so, It's those things that we can make those changes and then you can make changes again. And
0: Mm -hmm. I think
1: what is a greater part of being alive than that?
0: Yeah. Oh, totally. And I think a lot of people get worried about making those changes. Um, You know, my team are just saying like, you're not a tree, so you get to move and you get to experience. And I think that's so beautiful as an analogy because we get to try things out. And if it doesn't work, we have to... Remove ourselves from the fear of failure because I remember, was it Thomas Edison say that he didn't fail, he just found so many ways that didn't work for him? And I love that, like the reframing of failure into, you know, I'm all right with finding ways that don't work because eventually I'm going to find something that does work. And then it's finding more ways that do work than don't work. And then that's, I think, where. The, the sweet spot is right you're just finding more ways that do work <laughs> but along the way there's going to be some failure and there's going to be some stress and there's going to be something to learn from because you know that's what we're here to do <laughs> we're not just here to yeah. see some and rainbows it's got to be a little rain right
1: it's true and I think sometimes we I, I, Lately, you know, you hear people talking about, you know, you got to come to the light and be in all this love and light. And yes, that's part of it. But I think that sometimes we like to think that there's bad emotions or bad ways of being mm. or like these bad energies. And I don't know, my guides, I think really want me to point out the fact that there's a lower world and there's an upper world, but the lower world is not a bad place because it has more dense energy. It's mm. not like it's some sort of, you know, you want to stay away from that. There's a lot of learning I've done and within in, in that energy actually at the end of the day there's a lot of power in those emotions and stuff like that. And I feel like it's it's goes back to being able to come back to your center. And mm. we don't teach that. enough. we don't focus on that enough. The fact that we can be angry, we can be frustrated. Those are anger is a powerful motivator. It's a powerful like protector. It's when you're angry all the time that it becomes a problem. Mm. But I also think that about when you're happy all the time and you can't allow any other emotion in, that's a problem. Mm. That means that you're avoiding stuff mm. because that is not how our world is. You know, people are like, oh, well, just be natural. Natural's the way to go. Nature is an eat or be eaten world out there, too. Like Mm -hmm. it's not all like calm and rainbows. Like it is hard living for some of these animals out there. You know, they have to find ways to not only survive, but also to thrive just like us. And, you know, I know that for me, my guides are always pushing on bringing people closer to nature, not just on consuming nature, but in using nature as an example as a way of being, as a way mm-hmm. of community, as a way that, yes, sometimes it is harder for us and it's easier for others, but just like it is sometimes easier for us and harder for them. And it's the same way in nature when you watch the seasons and some seasons are good and it provides and some seasons are harder and don't provide, and it's a struggle. And that is nature. And so when we talk about natural ways of being I think it we have to remember that
0: yeah we're not outside of nature (laughs) yeah it often feels at time that things uh people especially human beings are trying to push for everything to be fine all the time you know they're not allowing themselves to surrender and I know you said about the anger and being angry all the time but the thing is the opposite is true as well you know if you're happy all the time and you're letting your energy go into excitement and and happiness that can also cause a lot of issues of not being ground grounded like happiness can also be ungrounded in its energy you know so it's about allowing yourself to feel it isn't it and allowing those emotions to come out and I remember when I was going I went through a lot of childhood trauma like you so I had a lot of feelings to process that I wasn't used to I didn't know what they were what they meant or how to Get them out as an adult it's just i wasn't taught you know at all as most of us haven't been to be honest most of us in our kind of generation raising children now are raising them how to do this stuff but we're learning first right we're learning and mm-hmm. then we're going right this is what you need to do re like you know learning again and then showing them but we were never taught were we we were just mm-hmm. kind of told well in my generation anyway You know, it was more about um, being seen and not heard as a child or not having your own opinion, being quiet um, and just doing what you were told, like absolutely everything, unless you agree. And and even if you didn't agree with it or not, even if it was detrimental to your body, even if they were putting you through pain, abuse, torment, psychological damage, you know, all the things. And so learning those things as you get older is really powerful. And I remember when I was going through this process getting that anger or wherever it is and asking it what it needs so what is it that you need from me to do and what energy do I need to clear in order to move through this and to feel this out my body and I think a lot of people just are still going through that motions now of what do I do with these feelings because a lot of people don't know what it means about them and, and hold on to it too much right
1: it's true, we hold on to so much in our body. And I really feel like that's why we see so many people in pain, mm-hmm. where they're carrying so much inside them. And you're right, it can be difficult to know how to express it, because we weren't taught, our parents weren't taught, like, I yes. think that's, those are the things that, you know, as I realize, you know, working with my own parents, moving through, you know, the childhood and, you know, trying to develop a relationship with them. It's been like understanding that, you know, they're damaged people. They were damaged people that damaged people at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And these cycles have been going on for quite some time because none of us ever, it's been a long time since any of us been able to connect to ourselves mostly because we come from survival. Like mm-hmm. most of us, it's only been recently that we've had the conveniences truly that we've had to allow us time to be able to step back and look at ourselves as different beings as more than just animals surviving out there. Mm. And they didn't know how, to do these things and they took their own frustration their own angers that they had about how they were raised and they projected it onto the next generation and that's what we're seeing is just constant reiterations of that and now we're at a spot that we're able to, to go whoa we're seeing some real problems from this we're mm-hmm. going to have to try a new way of being because we can't keep going this way mm-hmm. and having all of those things though in our bodies no one person is going to express those. Like they're going to need different ways. So that's why I like different tools because sometimes you try this and you think, oh, I can just journal. And I love to journal and I can get it out. Sometimes journaling isn't enough. Sometimes you need something physical. Like sometimes I tell my youngest, would get so angry sometimes. And I would be like, go break some sticks. Like go whap them out there. Like hit them as hard as you can. Break as many as you need because they needed that physical piece Mm -hmm. of it to move that in there. And we don't think about how much movement truly plays a part in all of that. I mean, just physically, that's how our blood moves. Like we like to think that our heart is what does all of the pumping, but actually that's not true. It's our movements in our body that actually helps get the blood around where it needs to go in those spots. And so it's the same way when you think about our emotions, it's not just gonna be our head, that deals with all of that it's going to be our body that helps move it out of our head and moves it out of our body
0: yeah so true and yeah definitely with a physical thing I remember when I was processing a lot of anger I would have like the saucepan from my kitchen and I would just go outside and bang it on the floor and yeah. in the end I had no saucepans left you know if you came around to mine for dinner <laughs> I wouldn't have to cook you anything but <laughs> it worked a treat
1: <laughs> yeah
0: get angry. but um it's it's interesting isn't it also observing your children as well I don't know whether that you've been able to see um just how different they are to how we were raised in in when you're raised with love and with spirituality is very conscious thing like in our house We talk about dreams, for example, as if it's normal. We talk about energy as if it's normal. We normalize feeling angry and frustrated and taking that time to set boundaries with people and all the things that really I only learned when I was in my late 30s. (laughs) And my my children learned it from two years old, you know, when they could... Showing interest in what I was doing, I was right. Right here are the rocks. This is what we do to clear energy, you know. And they've just been brought up in such a different world. It's just, it's so beautiful, isn't it?
1: It really is, and I feel like I have. I'm witnessing how different than they are, and how more aware that they are now at the age, like the ages that they are. Like I've gone to the store, and I'll be like you know, cause I'm a curious soul. And so like, I'll be checking out and there'll be like two people that are working there and they're probably, you know, in their twenties and, and they're talking to each other and the way that they're talking to each other and the things that they're talking about, I'm like, I was not that emotionally aware. I was just not that aware as a 20 year old of other people, how it was affecting to and the way that they're talking is so mature and it just gives me and inspires me honestly. Like I look at, so I always hope that I kind of, you know, helped raise, you know, beings that were for revolution, should revolution be required. And (laughs) mostly because, mostly because things need to change in our world. And I know that. And so I'm like, I'm out here getting skills to be able to support these people, like, and these next generations and sometimes I just want them to know that you know all these people there are people that are championing that are going to step up to be able to help if you want things to be different and Mm -hmm. you know we've done our parts and we continue but you know there's a lot not not all of us are there on our generation you know there's a lot that do like the pre how things used to be and Mm -hmm. it can be a process to pull out from the way things used to be to the way things are going to be and mm-hmm. I just want to make sure that I have the skills to be able to support the generations coming honestly mm-hmm. they excite me and their perspective I'm excited because I've watched as a lot of their parents have decided to do things differently and what they're going to be capable of doing should they want to
0: mm-hmm. And that's the thing, should they want to, I mean, I remember mm-hmm. having like uh, careers advice when I was at school and you could either be an accountant or um, you could work in an office, you know, there wasn't much, yeah. no one told me I could be an artist, you know? And so I ended up going in the corporate world as a tax advisor, which was kind of quite close to being an accountant, I guess. Yeah. But I just tell my children, you can do and be whatever you want. Like as long as it makes yeah. you happy. I'm yeah. not, um, i'm not big on them learning so much stuff i would prefer them to experience the world rather mm. than learn um i've always been that way you know we do reading and and sums and stuff at home cuz my kids are only 6 and 8 so they're babies but um i'm not like right you need to sit down and you need to do your homework i, I give them a choice i'm like do you want to do some reading today or should we go to the park and sometimes they'll choose reading and sometimes they won't and i'm 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 cool with that. You know, they'll find their own way. You don't. You don't see many adults that can't read or can't write in this day and age, do you? So, you know, I'm. I'm, It's true. I I try not to worry about them because they're so. My kids are so fierce that they'll be fine. Like you say, I feel the same. I'm raising like little young revolutionists, (laughs) women in tiny form at the moment, and and within that is a struggle as well, right? Because you want them to be themselves, but then you also want them to kind of still listen to some some of the rules that you have because we have a few rules in our house but not many. <laughs> Just <laughs> I never had
1: many either honestly I've got one that's 22 and then my youngest is 14 we're about oh, to be okay. 14 next week and so they're they're definitely you know they I think I got a A couple of years ago, my youngest wrote a thing about why I should get mother of the year. One of the things in there was the fact that we don't have a lot of rules in our house. (laughs) It's like (laughs) We don't. I've just not found the need to have a lot of them. It's (laughs) just, you know, I grew up in that environment. It wasn't a great environment. I didn't enjoy it. So I didn't, you know, my rules have always been about how we behave to other people, how we treat Mm -hmm. others, how we treat ourselves, you know, whether that's, you know, the earth other humans animals you know that's way more important to me as how we behave and how we treat other people than Mm -hmm. you know how much you learn like obviously you know school tends to be your job so we've got certain requirements that we have to get through um Mm -hmm. in terms of learning so there's certain things you want because learning is important like you should continue your whole life should be learning it's not like you go to college and then that should ever be it like I didn't do college I don't require my kids to do college it's like I want you to keep learning so go figure out what you want to enjoy doing and want to keep learning about It's kind yeah. of the stance that I take with them because you've got to do something we all have to eat and so find something that you truly enjoy doing so even if you can't do that as your job you have an outlet that's that brings you joy at the end oh. of the day because we have to cultivate our own joy. We've got to find the things that bring us our, self joy. If we are going to outsource that, you're going to be miserable because you are oh going to be God. relying on other people to bring you joy for the rest of your life. And they're going to fail miserably and they're going to end up miserable too.
0: Oh yeah and you see a lot of that in relationships just generally don't you and I always say Mm -hmm. that like the three rules in our house are as long as you're kind to people and yourselves and as long as you go to bed on time because sleep is life in our house and as long as you eat your food and again food is life in our house those are the three rules we have and we tune in every day we we say you know oh what do you fancy doing today and we'll tune in and if it's not too crazy I'm like right cool let's do that
1: <laughs> you know so they,
0: they they're able to make their own choices as well which was a thing that I was never able to do you know I don't know about you but it was kind of like eat this food or you'll be grounded and you'll be sent to your room for not eating your food and it's like right, yeah. like what the heck I would never say that to my kids I would never want to like force them to eat stuff that they don't like. I mean, luckily, oh my, my kids goodness. eat all the same stuff that I do, generally. My eight-year-old has always been very ambitious. She loves like crab and lobster.
1: And all- Ooh, that's adorable. Yeah. I love that.
0: <laughs> A sushi... You should see how much these kids Mm -hmm. eat when we go to sushi bar. They literally just devour it.
1: Man, that's (laughs) awesome. I remember taking my youngest to go do sushi because they wanted to do sushi. (laughs) I've got some great pictures. It was not their jam, but they they were down to try. And I was like, absolutely, we're going now. And so I love it because that's just another place that you can experiment with. And you should constantly, like we talk about that. I'm like, your taste buds change every seven years. So just because you don't like something, now doesn't mean that you won't like it later so that's why you should always continue to keep trying things again because maybe you're going to be in a new space in a new way of being that you're going to like it the next time so you shouldn't just give up on something cuz it didn't work the first time
0: yeah oh god yeah you got to keep trying and if and if you don't like it then find something else to replace it you know yeah
1: <laughs> there's so many things in this world and that's one of the big things too like when I'm talking to with people about herbs, and they're like, Oh, I just I don't do well with this. Or, you know, I don't like that one. I'm like, that's okay. Like, do you know how many plants that there are out there? You maybe you just need to find the one that's for you at the end of the day. And I think that's, you know, in our house, we talk a lot about the line between individuality and community. Hmm. Because there is you can sway too far the other side, and then you lose touch with the other. So if you sway too far into, you know, everything's got to be, you know, individual, well, then you remove yourself from the community, and vice mm-hmm. versa. And so it's kind of how do you marry the both of those because we are social beings and community is important it's important to know how to cultivate it it's important to know how to influence community all of those things and so you know when when i'm looking you know at that it is like i want you to be you know that individual and we need to understand those things but i think that those things feed back into your community at the end of the day and it is marrying those like that um i really love that
0: yeah i love that and um i think i've learned more about community as i've kind of um, dealt with and healed my trauma actually you know and I'm always a work in progress I'm never going to say to anyone that oh you know I've reached a stage where I do no work on myself because that would be total bullshit and mm-hmm. <laughs> total bullshit but um, you know I've got to the stage now where I heal parts of me I'm able to show up in communities to help other people and, and lead other people in a way that feels right for me and I think that's a beautiful point that you said about having such um, being individual but also learning the impact of what you have on even just your surroundings right on on the people that are around you or your community your family or your community yeah. the am- animals that you have are your community so it doesn't have to be like your village or your town or your city you, you're surrounded by people that you you make such a massive impact on and it's really important that um people understand that impact and 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 just what an amazing impact people make um even if they think they're not doing anything you know your energy your attention your patience giving your time smiling at people yeah. you know it makes such a massive difference to someone's day and some, someone's life so yeah i For i sure. love when i have the capacity and the space to to get involved in in community it's um it's beautiful that you, you said about that So um, I appreciate that we've been speaking for a long time and I'm sure we can speak like forever about these subjects. I I really want people to know how they can find you. You know, like if someone's thinking, Mm -hmm. I really want to know about herbs, I really want to know about shamanic, I really want to learn about fibro and how you got through that. Like, how do people find you and and what can you offer to them? them?
1: so i have a handle on instagram which is this um which is the same thing as my website so it's hidden hollow holistics uh holistics has an x at the end not a c um and so and it's you know just www.hiddenholistics.com and instagram it's at hidden hollow holistics and so you can get a, a hold of me that way um and really one of the things that I do, I do one-on-one explorations with people, whether that's an intuitive exploration or whether or not it is a herbal exploration, just depending on where you want to go. Um, and I use like all of the things that I've learned, whether that's Reiki, whether that's, you know, doing like intuitive, like, um, card pooling, whether that's tarot or Oracle. Um, I Reiki, um shamanic journeying, I am a big fan of teaching people uh, sh- shamanic techniques, just because it can be a great addition to whatever your spiritual calling is, um, and helping you connect with your guides, connect with yourself. Um, I also, you know, do a lot of the herbal stuff. I really help people as they're moving through, you know, death and grief, like in those spaces as well. Um, I also love to make, um, so I make digital workbooks. um, So I call them digital explorations, um, just because not everybody can, you know, I want to find inexpensive ways for people to be able to do. Some of that self-examination some of that you know self-explorations and so and they can be reused which is really nice so you can do them at different points in your you know your life and so i do those and so those are all up on my website and people can you know check those out i have a tiered pricing just because I want to make it accessible to more people. And so and then I offer free read, you know, kind of free workings every quarter as well for people who are like, in more vulnerable positions, like maybe they don't have a stable, like home stable, you know, whatever. Um, I offer those up for those people, because it's really important for me that those are these are the people that I want to be working with and being able to help. So I'm, I'm always willing to find a way that works for both of us. I really believe in the power of bartering. I believe that we all have something valuable to offer, even if it's not, you know, our current currency. I guess you could say there's lots of different ways that we can help each other. Um, So yeah, I'm always open for people to reach out. I love exploring with people and just sharing with them. I believe everybody has the capability, like there are no healers. Everything is self healing. It's opening ourselves up to being able to heal. And I'm just here to share the tools that I have. And hopes that it's gonna help you and to help create a container that you know you can come and be like, Am I crazy? And I'd be like, No, it's okay. Like this, these are okay. And it's okay to feel how you're feeling. And here's some ways that I've moved through that, and maybe some of them will help. And I think that's really the approach that I take and how people can get a hold of me if they would like, you know, just somebody, you know, a co explorer, somebody to help co create.
0: I love that. I love that. So what we'll do is we'll put all those links. So if you want to send them Perfect. to me at some point and I'll make Absolutely. sure that they get linked in the podcast, because it's really important that people can find you. I love having these chats, you know, but if there's someone out there that's like, I really need to speak to her, like right now, I really want to make sure it's easy as possible. So I'm going to thank all our listeners and the people who are going to watch yeah. us on YouTube as well. And just massive thanks to you as well for your service to the world it's so important and you've obviously been through a lot to be here you know so my team i just want to send like an extra special thanks <laughs> they say like they know you know it, they know it hasn't been easy for you but for you to have gone through what you've been through and still leading other people is absolutely remarkable so they want to just thank you and send such gratitude you. for you for being here with us
1: i'm so
0: honored thank you <laughs> and so I thank i'm thank you for what you're doing Oh, no, it's fine. This is uh, sent from my team, who I refer to as Cosmic HQ, and they were very, very, very certain that I had to set up a platform to share people's stories. So I just kind of do as I'm told most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to start recording, and then we'll have a quick chat. Okay, thanks, listeners. Okay. <laughs> bye.